Hey y'all, welcome to Conversations with Heavy Cardboard. Today is a really special day as I have our guest here in person at HCHQ all the way from Germany. He is the head and founder of Spielworks, original publisher of such big hits as the original Arkwright, award-winning Arkwright, I must say, Lagranha, the Coal Series, Solarius Mission, Colonialism, and a host of other games. He's a big fan of Schalke 1904 right. and Iserlohn uh, Roosters. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Uli Blenemann of Spielworks Games. Welcome to Heavy Cardboard, Uli. Yeah, thank you, and uh, thank you for having me uh, over here. It's it's really a pleasure being here at you, your beautiful HQ, and I'm really <laughs> enjoying myself. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. It's, uh, it's something that we have talked about doing ever since... Uh, just after Essen last right. year, you were like, hey, you know, um, are you going to Gen Con, this and that? And I was like, mm-hmm. eh, maybe I don't know. And you were like, maybe I could come by for a couple of days beforehand. I'm Absolutely. We're happy to have you here. So it's been a lot of fun the last 24 hours or so having you here yes. at, the, at the house. So thanks for coming. No, thank you for, as I said, having me here. Yeah. So, um, so we, okay, we'll get started then. Um, you just had your first uh, Vietnamese pho. Yeah, so, uh, so, so also you think? Uh, really great, really great <laughs> stuff. So I didn't uh, knew it at all from from uh, Germany. So it it was good choice by you. Okay, selecting good. this. Glad you enjoyed it. All right. And earlier today we had a live stream of Gentis, the new release coming out or technically out already. Yeah. Uh, but it hasn't hit American shores yet. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun and you took the lead on teaching that and I had a blast so thanks a lot for doing that yeah thank you for for playing and I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed uh, the game so much yep yeah. definitely all right so let's let's go background like why are you in board games I'm not saying board game publishing but what got you start started in the hobby to begin with um yeah as uh, quite common in Germany um, at my time when I was a youngster we played with our uh, with our parents a lot so typical uh, German games and so uh, we were used to to playing uh, board games and then I have an older brother three years older and we two together we played uh, some games so even some historical games uh, at that time and uh, I got into wargaming when I was uh, 13, 14. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and at that time, there were hardly any wargamers in, in Germany. And uh, then um, it, it was diplomacy, um, cosmic encounter in the early 80s. So and, and gradually I, I broadened my, my spectrum of games and got, got into modern type Euro games. Yeah, well, that is uh, the the history behind it. See, and that's really interesting because whenever I talk to any American-based, whether it's designers, publishers, whatever, uh, I find it interesting because a lot of us uh, folks that board gaming isn't as common as it is over in Germany and to where it's like, of course we play board games, whereas here it's like, no, board games are for kids. A lot of people still have that stigma attached to it so it's completely different than than what it is here yeah yes and no um although i would say still uh and that most people most um adults in germany think that 
games, uh, board games are for kids. It's really? Also, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, but still, there's a quite um, there's a larger portion, most probably, than in the U.S. right now, who have played board games with their parents. But the parents are stopping pl stopped playing board games when the kids uh, grew up so they weren't playing it to, for their pleasure but so that the family can have a great time together which is perfect but they weren't players per se not not gamers as sure say sure nowadays okay all right so what then you woke up one day and said, you know what? I hate money. I will start publishing games. How did that come to be? <laughs> yeah, well, um, um, first I, I thought I need to have some money because I was studying at that time and I was studying history and Eastern European history and politics. And I thought, well, you either can try to become a teacher, which I did not want to. I, I really, I do, did not want to become a teacher or you have to try to, something else and I thought well I've always played games I know a little bit about war games let's start a war gaming company and of course with hindsight it, it's a strange a strange decision but I tried it and it worked so so I had a war gaming company for six years and in the in the 90s so that's how I started in, in, in board gaming. Okay, so how did that transition from that to where you are now? Yeah, well, in, in 99, um, another uh, wargaming publisher from the U uh, U.S. bought Moments in History. So uh, that was, for me, a, pff, a lot of luck, a lot of luck. Nobody, especially not me, had expected uh, this because Moments in History was a very small company. Um, so, but at that time I had a little bit of money because of the sale of, uh, of the company. Sure. And, um, as you just mentioned, I'm a huge football or soccer fan. Right. And I have, or at least I had a, a coaching license. So I moved into the sports publishing business. So for about 15 months, I worked for a sports publisher uh, magazines and books gotcha and, okay and right. uh, so i was completely out business wise of uh, gaming uh, but um, one thing is if you once have been in the gaming business you know how creative it is how fun it is and of course if you're working from home from home on top of that it's in my opinion at least it's better than Tomorrow at 8 o'clock, turn in, in in your office, at your desk, and at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, it's over. So you have more independence. Of course, you have also more responsibility, but I like this. Or I like this more so I got in 2001, I got a call from Michael Broinsma, a great, uh, good Dutch friend uh, who is owner and head of 999 Games, largest um, Dutch board games uh, producer. And he wanted to form another smaller sister company and he was looking for a guy running that company. So that was Farlangs Games in, in oh, the yeah, Netherlands. Yeah. Yep. And so we started this. And this was good till 2010. But we made so many mistakes in there. But it, it was... The real problem was that for, for Michael, and again, he's a great friend, it was more a hobby. So he has had and still has 999 Games as his business and Phalanx Games as a hobby. Uh -huh. Phalanx Games okay. wasn't that small. It was larger as 
several German companies. We always had English language, Dutch language, and German language production. And so in, in the end, it, it was simply too much to be handled in this way. So Too I much for a hobby, you're saying it needed to be a focus? Yes. Okay. So um, we, we published way too many games, not enough development for some. So we, we had some critical recognition. So uh, Raja, the U.S. title is Maharaja. In 2004, was nominated for Game of the Year in Germany. So among the five finalists, uh, basically. At that time, it was no Kennerspiel, so just Spiel des Jahres and five nominees. And with some other games, um, we had lots of uh, success. For example, Hey, That's My Fish. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. still done by Fantasy Flight Games. But we did it in German, Dutch, English uh, in several editions. And we sold a large number of it. So in the in the fifth number. So I, I think about 60,000 copies. Uh, that seems like a big number. That was a big number. Uh, well, was I a, mean, still. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, nowadays it's even a larger number. Right, At that time, right. you could sell quite easily 5,000 in one language of, of a single title. So different times, but there were less individual titles a year. So it was not 500 or 600 just maybe 300. Sure. But the difference is, is there. But the market was also smaller, especially overseas. In Germany, it was already almost as big as, as nowadays. Okay. So from Phalanx Games, how did you, uh, because of the way things were going, you decided, okay, I want to stay in the publishing business? And yeah. that's how Spielworks came to be? Yes. Um, in the meantime, I did also some freelance uh, work for several different publishers. This was basically work for hire. So they said, well, we need to finish, develop this certain game. So I did this. But in the end, of course, especially after seeing how Phalanx was run, after getting an experience, how other companies in Germany are being run and also in the US, uh, after seeing how distribution of games got uh, more difficult by the year. So I said, well, I'm, I want to try something different and I want to have control over this. So let's start this, but with a low risk, with a low risk. So the first games with Spielworks were localized English language games or US language games. So war games, Washington's War was my first game, a GMT game. Mm -hmm. So the, that was easy to do and there was hardly any risk because I wasn't responsible for graphics. Uh, they were already there. Just the, a the straight reprint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very easy to do, of course. Uh, and But the, um, I wanted to see if this model can work. So, and yeah, it, it worked. And, and here you are, 2017, and pumping out more games than not, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, so okay, so let's let's kind of look into Spielworks then. Mm -hmm. um, how do you go about finding the games that you want to publish under Spielworks? Yeah, sometimes I find a game. So at some uh, competitions for authors in Germany. So we have two big ones. Uh, There's a competition called Hippodice, uh, which is uh, done in March, I think February, March. Okay. And several um, editors from companies are seeing the finalists. So I did um, Diluvia Project was a, was a finalist. Um, 
Uh, Solarius Mission was a finalist. Um, several others were finalists. And also Kalimala by ADC um, Blackfire, uh, um, an October release. Uh, that was a winner of uh, 2016. So, but I'm also seeing uh, games at Göttingen. At Göttingen in June on one uh, on two days on a Saturday uh, um, Sunday, there are about 300 gaming authors, and they are presenting their games. Most of the time, not already well known um, authors, with some exceptions. But especially newcomers are presenting their stuff, and there are lots, maybe 50, 60, 70 different companies from not only from Germany but from the Netherlands from France who are taking a look at these games and well you have to be uh, frank some of these games will never be published because they are not good enough okay but there are quite a few very interesting games and sometimes it's even that only one or two mechanics are nice the rest is not that good but this can be the job of a good development team afterwards but sometimes others are approaching me directly so how how do you how are you able to sign so many of these award winning games then? Yeah, well, um, sometimes it's it's luck. I uh, I think sometimes I'm I'm really quicker than, than <laughs> others. So, um, um, but on on the other hand, other hand, of course, sometimes I see a game and I do not see anything in the game. And afterwards, when I see the game published by others, I say, "Wow." I didn't miss this. So this can happen. This can, of course, okay. um, uh, happen. But, of course, I'm one of the few who take some chances. Mm -hmm. I, I, if I really believe in a game, um, then I try to push this to the end. I try to... Um, I'm also... I guarantee the author that he has quite a bit of influence with some other German companies... You are turning in your prototype and the next time you see the game is when it's finished. And often some key rules have been changed without um, informing the authors. I'm not saying that this is necessarily a bad thing because the editorial teams, they are experienced. Meaning developers and... Yes. Okay, uh, gotcha. Uh, but uh, still, um, for me, it's important to go back and forth with the authors if it's possible because sometimes the author says, well, this is what uh, my statement. You have it already. Do whatever you want to do with it. This is also, of course, a certain um, attitude. And of course, some uh, authors are happy that they are published that they are getting published uh, and uh, it's 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 the same in, in in books for for a newcomer it's sure. very difficult to get into uh, this professionally very so, difficult so let's talk about the development then how much of a hand do you play in it and uh how who are the others or how many others are there uh, on that editorial team or development team as you put it yeah development team is um, just um, Henning Kröpke he is um, and me so Henning is more well known uh, because he is working for a 2F Spiele mm -hmm. so for Friedemann Friese and he is uh, basically his right and left hand uh, there he's also doing some stuff for Pegasus but he is pretty local in, in the Münsterland there are not too many able uh, gamers, but he's also a friend. So he's, we are the development editorial team. But of course, we have lots of different testers. And I try to step a little bit 
back from uh, development. So I want to, in, in the future, let's see if this is going to happen, I want to give the outline, the broad view, how I want to see the game, and Henning then can look more into the details, because it gives me some freedom to do other things. Uh, so I think, we'll see how this will work out, This that this is more profitable for Spielworks. Okay, has it? that has not been the case up to this point? It's been kind of a, a partnership between you and Henning? Uh, yeah, sometimes it is. It, 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 it's, it's also depends on time. Sure, sure. If he is deeply, heavily in projects with 2F, I'm doing the majority. If I'm saying now, I'm working now on this game and it needs my attention, but looking at the schedule, we move, we have to move forward on this game, he has to do it. So, um, it's, it's a case-by-case. Case, uh, okay, thing. and there's got to be a lot of trust between you and him then to, I mean, obviously it's your company, so you get final yes or no, right? right. But uh, you you obviously trust him quite a bit to, yes. to allow him to take the lead development on some of these, yeah? Yes, he's, he's very experienced. So, yes, I, I do 100% of the selection of games, but after that, when we have the, the game, he will work on it, yes. All right. Well, on that note, the you have you decide on what games Spielworks is going to publish. Um, who are you publishing for then? Are you publishing for you, or is it a certain you know the 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 heavy cardboard uh, listeners out there? You know the the mm -hmm. the heavy gamers. But ultimately, who is it that you're? Who are you making these games for? Yeah, first and foremost for me. Okay. Really, I want to see the game in, in print. I want to, uh, yeah, I want to do uh, this game. But of course, um, I need to be certain that I'm uncertain. And, and I need to think that I can sell a thousand copies of it within a reasonable amount of time. There are some topics that I would not touch, definitely not, especially not uh, as a German publisher. I would, although maybe I can sell easily a thousand uh, copies. And sometimes I think, uh, no, this game is mechanically sound, but the topic is so weird, I, I don't want to do it. Uh, so, but first and foremost, these are my, I want to have games that I love and that I, yeah, th that I like. They, they should be uh, published. This is my. All right. Now you said just now that games that you wouldn't touch. Is it thematic reasons you're saying you won't touch, or uh, specifically, uh, are we talking uh, like are we talking historical war game type stuff? Because yeah. you being German, or yeah, you you know. So first, uh, I love GMT. I really love GMT. This is one of the best companies, in my opinion, in the whole business. Not only war games, but uh, general type games, and the, you know this. They are moving more and more into this um, cross Euro war gamer uh, niche of the hobby. Sure, with, I mean, with coin eight, series. 1846. You have the coin. You have the new time of crisis stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I, and, I hear you. And second, I think that uh, Lee Brimicom Wood, I think, is uh, the name. The designer is also a very. He's British, a very good designer. He's mainly into air games, but I would have never done a game like Bomber Command because it's about the air war over Germany. And, uh, of course, 
you have to uh, bomb the cities flat. Uh, there is uh, fire bombing in in certain areas, of course, and and uh, yeah, you can say most of the war games uh, that I play and I like to play, you don't see anything of this. And Interesting. This is, and okay. this is, of course, very strange. Look at an operational Eastern Front game. We only play the military aspect, but you know, behind the front, three hexes behind the front. There are the Einsatzgruppen, and you know that the Jewish people are murdered, and you are responsible uh, for that. Of course, you can always say, well, no, I'm just a military command, which is <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> right? But okay. still, I don't want to do a game about the bombing, air warfare over Germany. So, and of course, this is just a single um, a single example. There sure. Are, there yeah, no, are no, others. no. Yeah, there yeah. are others. And each and everybody has to draw his own lines. I'm not. I don't want to tell other people don't play Bomber Command. You're you're a bad guy if you're right, playing this. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. Sure. But it's just I don't want to put a Spielberg's label on on this one. And, and and there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, and I don't want to go too far down this road and everything. But this is this is something that is. Foreign, I think, is a good way to put it to me, because when I when I play these, whether, you know, Eastern Front war games, whatever. I'll be honest, I don't think about these things, whereas obviously this is your homeland. So this this is something that is obviously very personal and very, very yeah, maybe maybe it's uh, it's really closer uh, to 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 us uh, Germans, and I'm also, as I mentioned, I'm an historian, so and I'm even a, a Zeitgeschichtler, so modern historian, so okay. modern times. So right. this is my uh, specialty. So so I, and I'm still reading a lot about this period, but I have to admit, I, I love to play uh, Eastern Front games, Western <laughs> right, Front games, right. and like you, I'm when I'm playing them, I'm not thinking about this. Right. Uh, so I can enjoy them as historical simulation games that just show the operational history of the campaign. Sure. No problem, but of course, this is somewhat strange so if you reflect about this it's somewhat strange yeah. no and I, I i appreciate the honesty in the in and you talking about this because it's something that me and as an as an american i would never i mean obviously it's just stuff that isn't on the forefront of my mind w yeah. when i'm playing these but i can totally respect and understand why it would be considering the difference in nationality et cetera et cetera and and the history mm -hmm. between the countries so that's uh that's fascinating to me so i appreciate that um so let's let's kind of switch gears a little okay. and go back to what you something that you you touched on that also i'm sure and you and i talked about this previously when you i uh talked to you first at essen but you mentioned that you wanted to see if you could sell a thousand copies of a yeah. game so this is a deliberate uh business model that you've chosen for spielworks that well you know what i shouldn't answer for you so why a thousand copies for for a print run i have uh, the first um, um as i briefly mentioned before i knew how difficult it is to distribute a sizable print run uh, these days um, sometimes of course it works if you have a hype behind a game 
out of the blue, sometimes you're selling 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 copies these days, but it's not the norm. Most of the games in Germany are not selling more than 2,000 copies uh, a uh, yeah, for, for a print run in over maybe 24 or 36 months. And you know, half of uh, these uh, games are sold for a steep discount after a year and you are getting paid by a distributor really late. So it, it's, in my opinion, it was too risky. And I said, well, hopefully I can sell a thousand. And on top of that, I don't need lots of distributors and don't need a large warehouse if I'm able to sell out pretty quickly. And of course I can sell out a larger uh, portion direct. I can sell a larger por uh, portion direct. Uh, I don't have direct to, use to the it customer. You're saying, right? Yeah, okay. B two C and not B two B. Right. And um, this also is more attractive, uh, of course, because I'm making more money in this way. So it, it, it and for me so far, this is a very good model. But one thing that is also certain in the board gaming industry, hobby, whatever, however you want to um, name it is, you have to be flexible. So I'm not saying that Spielworks in five years will follow this model. Maybe Spielworks is no more because um, it, it, I'm not selling enough copies anymore. Maybe I'm seeing, wow, this is so great now. I'm risking it. I'm going next game will be Minishers, ten thousand copies <laughs> could be. I'm, I'm not. I'm not Please saying don't. not. Um, no, and and the chance the chances actually are pretty low. Are, right. Are yeah. Yeah. Low. But uh, you have to be flexible. You have to adapt to uh, to the environment. To the market. Yes. Sure. That that goes without saying. So if I'm understanding, then you're saying that you're not married to the thousand uh, piece print run or copy print run. It's just. You know it's safe. You don't have to pay for a ton of warehouse space, which yeah. really, I imagine, would eat into your bottom line, yeah? Yes, right. Mm. And so if things are on a upward trajectory, then it's possible that down the road you could up that to 2,000, 2,500 or... Yeah, of course it's also a possibility, but um, I think then I'll have the problem that uh, some people will wait and see ah no i'm not sure this game this uh, this game uh, if i wait a year it will cost only half uh, the amount and then i'm it's a circle then i suddenly need a warehouse space anymore then i have to ask distributors please help me i have to move these uh, pallets of games that i still have and it starts again but i'm still it can happen it can happen maybe I, there, the demand is so large so big that i'm saying let's let's go for it okay and another reason which i forgot to mention so far Printing a thousand copies. I'm, I'm not going through Kickstarter or other crowdfunding. Also, nothing is written in stone. You never know what the future will bring. But um, I'm spending all money up front. So right. I'm, I'm doing the printing costs. I pay everything in advance. Uh, I pay this, uh, Henning, of course. I pay the artists, uh, the always amazing Harald Lieske. So uh, also a large, good friend of mine. And, and does every, the majority of the illustrations, artwork, graphic design for Spielworks? Everything, yep. everything, one hundred percent. And um, so, um, and I'm paying him also upfront. So in in, in total, and uh, 
the risk is on me. And uh, so with a thousand copies, I know these are the costs. With 2000 cost, uh, copies, probably graphics costs are the same, but print run costs upfront are not doubled. Of course, the economy of, of, of scale is, is there, sure, but right. still it's a larger amount and I have to sleep well. I, I want to sleep well. So, and, uh, <laughs> so for, for me, uh, as I said, maybe, let's say I have two really bad games. I think they are great, but nobody wants them. So I can still close uh, uh, Spielworks and say that's what it is. And I'm not in depths because that's fine. But with if I have two, two and a half thousand copies and I'm selling just 300, 500, wow, that would be very bad okay all right so so it's 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 self-preservation then yes okay yeah. all right um tell me about your process so you go to hippo dice mm -hmm. right um you see a game you touch base with the with the author the designer um you get a game signed mm -hmm. what happens then um yeah uh, first when i when i have it signed and it's really the truth I do nothing on it okay. because uh, we, as I just described, um, as you asked, uh, we do not have the capacity to work on a game immediately that is only out in two years. So we have to work on the next two, maybe three games. Okay. And uh, but when it's the game's turn, uh, we first test it and test it. Then we get in touch with the uh, author again, making comments. What do you think? Are you happy with this? And we would like to try this one, out, this out. At a certain point, um, Harald Lieske, the graphics artist, is invited. He's also a gaming uh, author, so and he's he sees more things, and he can also already make remarks about icons, symbols in there, or no, I would like, do not w would like to have one large game board. Let's have a smaller one and then each player gets his own player board. So we try to look slowly into how to produce a game as well. And yeah, yeah, well, and we have a deadline, of course. Sometimes we make it, sometimes not. And yeah, okay, th that's a process. Do you find that there's a mix of levels of development that different games that you have to sign are, yeah. whether they're uh, a lot more involved or, you know, this is pretty good, this is pretty close, let's throw some artwork on it and throw it out the door, or how, 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 what dictates that, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yeah, um, so uh, very good question first. And, uh, of course, I would love to only have games that are 95% ready. <laughs> right. So that, that would be perfect. But um, especially, as I said, I have lots of inexperienced um, uh, gaming authors, not inexperienced in the way that they do not know games. S some of them have played so many games, way more than I will ever play in my lifespan but they do not know exactly how to develop a game so the most of the games of course there are always exceptions are pretty rough um, but uh, it's still um, in, in a perfect world as i said a game is fully developed but then they would most probably go to a larger um, company and present their game there stefan risthaus games Orkwright and Gantis are pretty much exceptions. 
colonialism was, although that was a newcomer um, author, was also already very well developed. And in Stefan's cases, he's so long in the industry. He has published so many games. Mm -hmm. He knows. I only turn the game in when it's at least 70% done. Most of the time, it's even more than 70% uh, done. And he tested himself Orkright so many times before I even saw the game. Still afterwards, we changed quite a bit, but still, you know, with Stefan, the game is very robust. It's it's there, it's there, yeah. Okay, so why is it specifically, since you said you're working with so many new uh, designers, why is it because you're going you're getting a lot of these from these competitions is that or is there more to it than that it's it's more to it uh, because nowadays even um at least 50% of the games i get uh, the authors are coming to me because they are not finding any other publishers publishers larger publishers are of course always with exceptions are not taking too many risks they want to have a safe bet so and uh, then you have a designer who is thinking outside of the box. He has a, sometimes an interesting new topic, sometimes an interesting mechanic, or he says, well, this game plays in three hours. If he presents this to a German publisher, it's immediately out. They, almost nobody will talk to you. If you introduce yourself, this is my new title, it, plays, it has two to four players, it plays in three hours. So they say, okay, nice to uh, talk to you. Thanks, (laughs) bye-bye. So, but to me, it does not matter at all. So um, I attract newcomers. I attract people who are thinking outside of the box or have topics that nobody else would would touch. Thomas Spitzer's uh, Kohle uh, trilogy, uh, Ruhr trilogy. So that was something that, how can a game that that only covers a small part of the Ruhr area and only about coal mining in this small part of the Ruhr area. Well, you're telling me that doesn't get you excited? And, and, yeah, well, and, and it, it plays in two hours and it ne- needs that amount of wood uh, in there. It will cost uh, a lot of money. Uh, so, wow, they, they are, the, the companies are screaming, running uh, away. But I saw the, the, these games have real potential. And this is also one of the reasons, not the main reasons, why I signed Captains of the Gulf by Jason Dinger. Because mechanically, this game is totally different. has nothing in common with Wischefahrt or Haspelknecht or Kohle and, and Kolonie. Nothing. But it's also, when I played the game for the first time, I thought, well, this is a new Kohle and Kolonie. Or could be. Because it's fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. So probably 99% of the population of the Earth couldn't care less. But it was very important for Jason. It, for Jason, It's for his, personal. It's yes. a really personal yes. thing. And it's different. But of course, a game has to be good mechanically. If you just throw some Monopoly on top of it, <laughs> uh, then you say, well, uh, yeah. So this is important to me too. That makes sense. And I, I played... Uh, Captains of the Gulf when uh, when he brought it to Heavycon this yeah. year and really impressed. I was p- very pleasantly surprised. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. That's going to be tentatively next Essen, so yes. ne- Essen 2018, right? Yes, right. Okay. Um, so I kind of want to delve a little bit more on that subject of 
a a new topic or a unique theme or something along those lines. And for those that are watching, uh, there's a, one of the the game that put Spielworks on the map for me. Mm-hmm was the game that's over my shoulder here, and that's colonialism. You want to talk a little bit about that and how I say that I applaud both you and Scott, the designer, Mm -hmm. for taking a risk with Mm -hmm. that game. Yeah, man, and this uh, game was pretty special for me because I saw the game on BGG. There was already a print-and-play version out there. Scott had uh, done this, and as I mentioned, as I said, the game was pretty well developed already by him a newcomer in in uh, board gaming in the board gaming industry so i was impressed i played the game and i liked it um, a lot i think still it it may it may be my personal favorite game mechanically from spielworks because it's so elegant it's elegant the card mechanism it's great it scales so well you can play it well with two with three with four but of course, the topic is, and the topic interests me a lot. Again, historian, historian, and sure, all that. yeah, yeah. But what I did not want, what I really did not want, that people are thinking, well, there are these players, Americans and Europeans, and it's this age, and they are really screwing the people in Africa and in Asia, and they're having fun there. And most probably the uh, inhabitants in Africa, they must have fun as well, <laughs> being screwed. <laughs> so no, I, I think this is a, a route nobody should go. So I talked to Harald again, and I said, well, I want to start. I want this dark. Otherwise, I'm not doing this game. Dark so, as in just a really, not macabre, but a very, no, 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 no. very heavy, heavy theme, heavy. right? Absolute, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Not macabre. Not macabre at right. all. And the uh, card illustrations, uh, this is Harald's idea or was Harald's idea. Uh, 19th century cartoonish a little bit, but they immediately tell you what we think about a thing. Diplomacy, if you uh, look at this card or some others, they are pretty strong. They are pretty strong, or the cover is very strong. But we want to uh, we want to give an impression on this one. No, this is not a light game. Of course, it's also not a simulation. So because all the powers are as strong as the start. It's a game. Sure. But at least, it hopefully, hopefully, uh, people are thinking about it. It's not about getting victory points. Uh, it's also about a really special history of the Western world. Of col- colonizing, quote-unquote, yes. Africa. And as you said, which I I appreciate more mature mm-hmm. uh, dark themes that, and something unique, something different that isn't trading in the Mediterranean or zombies or whatever, fill in the right word there. And the thing that really appealed to me on this is you guys decided to go full on with it and embrace what it is. I mean, the, 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 the cover itself has, you know, a ball and chain uh, shackles on it to represent exactly, wow, this is what this game is about because that's what your abstractly uh tackling in this game and just yeah i appreciate that you were willing to take the risk i'm curious if you if you did it now here it is 2017 would you do anything different 
when then when you published that was 2013 i think it I is i think so 12 13 right and no graphics outlook uh, not at all maybe even have a, a stronger title or have this message even stronger but uh, you have to have the whole team behind you and and i try even at that time i tried to push push the envelope even a little bit harder but uh, the rest of the team was not necessarily on board with on that on board with me and and for me it was fine but um yeah um, i would not change this one yota i would not have uh, something else there then i'm I, I wouldn't have done the game at all so it's all about staying true to yourself then yes absolutely mm -hmm. okay so any big regrets or like ooh wow i blew that one as far as games that you saw and did not sign it does is there anything that you're like that's a really good game oops too many too many <laughs> of course uh, too many memories so so if i uh, later sorry see to bring this, up sorry no, no, to bring no, up that, that, that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely fine and 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 i think uh, again you have to Stay true to yourself. You have to reflect. Why did you see? Now that I see this game published, wow! Why didn't I uh, do it? But it, it's happening. Six months later, you see so much uh, that you would like to do different in your own games, or you, you're asking yourself, why didn't I do it with this title? It was possible. But Meaning, I, I should have gone in a different direction with this one yes. game that you published. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. That I published or did not publish. Sure. So, and and this is always difficult. But sometimes, this is also easier with Spielworks. I'm not necessarily have to think in how many copies will I sell. So there may be a nice trading game where I'm pretty certain that I will sell a certain amount of copies, but if I don't like it, I stay away from it. And even if I later see, wow, this one is really successful, I say, wow, yeah, fine, great, no problem, no problem. So It, it it's, just it's wasn't just for a, you, right? Exactly. It's not, it's not a Spielworks game. All right. Biggest lesson that you've learned as a publisher. What What is the one thing that you would say that stands out? If there is one thing. Yeah. Most probably today it's that thing. Tomorrow it's uh, it's uh, it's a different thing because the market is uh, changing uh, so much. Uh, no, I I, can, I I can't mention a single thing. Uh, no, it's it's too difficult uh, right now for for me to 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 answer this. Uh, okay. But there are so many lessons. Maybe to, to be flexible and to listen to other people. Even if you think uh, maybe this is a youngster, he is only two years in uh, in the hobby as an author, as an editor for a different company, or uh, listen, listen to them. They most of the time there is something in there, and we can learn uh, when we are fifteen, when we are twenty five, thirty five, forty five. We can always learn, and and don't think well i know everything and and uh, and just walk away maybe this is the single most important lesson i i i would argue that that's a good life lesson and not just a publishing lesson right, right? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely all right so let's uh talk a little bit about distribution for spielworks mm -hmm. so uh for usa canada specifically i mean obviously mm -hmm. um people can order direct from Spielworks. I understand yes. that. But for those that are on this side of the pond, um, 
what is the distribution model and do you foresee that changing anytime soon? Um, the distribution model right now is fun again. So they are exclusive for uh, North America. And most probably as long as they want to continue in this way, I won't change it. There are always offers from, from others and for, from really respectable uh, companies. But it's also a thing about loyalty and respect. And of course, I could sell a lot more into North America using several ones or a large distributor because Fun Again is first and foremost an online um, uh, direct uh, dealer of sure, of, of games. right, an online game store, so, right? Uh, uh, right, but they are doing a great job, and it's also very easy for me because I'm already wearing so many hats in in, in the Spielworks Games production. That I know this is a single one, and I'm uh, they are taking all the games that they are supposed to get in one run. It's and for me, it's done. It's done. That's it. That's what it is, and I don't have to worry. Uh, uh, anymore any plans for anything up in canada because i know if i don't ask the people all our listeners in canada yell at me i am um, from my side not really but i of course i know that it's sometimes a problem for a canadian one so i will bring this topic up with fun again uh, this gen con so in a couple of days i have a meeting with them and let's see but again it's loyalty and if they say they want to keep this business and I'm very, very much inclined to not change it from my side because, to me, they are they are great. They are okay. Great. All right. Fair enough. Um, so, as you said that, and everybody knows, the hobby is growing at a at a mm -hmm. pretty exponential rate as mm -hmm. we go along, which means more and more and more games are mm -hmm. coming out each and every year. Do you see this as overall as a positive or a negative from the publisher side as well as is it from the gamer side? Uh, from a gamer side, let me start with this. I think it's a go it's it's truly the golden age of gaming. Uh for each and every taste, there are so many good games. If you wanna just play games that play card games that play in ten minutes, you have fifty good choices. You say I only play historical games, war games, great choices. You say I'm only playing family type games, play in 45 minutes. You have great choices. Uh, I'm only playing the heavy cardboard style games. You have many choices there. For a game, from a gaming standpoint, I think it's really the golden age of uh, gaming. Publisher standpoint, it gets more difficult each year to really stand out among the huge number of games, especially at Essen. There are so many releases that some companies are now already releasing the games in August, September, like Amigo or Cosmos. The games are already there, at least in distribution. They are still fresh at Essen. And I also thought about not having a title at Essen uh, because uh, I have no marketing budget. And of course, there is some word of mouth, but why should I have a, a game at Essen? Yeah, people want to play the game. They want to talk to me. I will be there anyway. So it's not necessarily, um, necessary. it's not a necessity to have a new game at Essen. Maybe it would be healthier if companies are spreading their games over a year. In Germany, it's still very traditional, like 20 years ago. And 
gaming companies are quite conservative. They have the releases at Nuremberg, February, March, and then for Essen for October. Of course, the Christmas season is most important. Yes, you want to have new games in the fall, but still, ah, why not have more games in the summer? Especially gamers games, because the gamers are buying games whenever it's out. And if you say see that lots of your customers are overseas-based, no problem at all, because you know this uh, summer convention, the U.S. Uh, convention season is in the summer. Right, whether Origins, it's Origins, WBC, Gen Con. Gen yep, Con. Yep. So it doesn't matter that more that much anymore. And when you're saying the the industry business turnover is growing, it's not happening in Germany anymore. But in the U.S., the increase is in in the U.S. Germany is. Sometimes plus three percent. Next year it's minus two uh, percent. So in, pretty, pretty static. Yeah, pretty okay. static uh, these days. Whereas in the U.S., uh, sales are increasing each and every year. Yeah. So does that mean that we might see down the road that it's less, at least uh, talking specifically mm -hmm. for Spielworks, that it's less about Essen and when a game's ready, it's ready. And so if it's March, it comes out at March or whenever. Could, could very be, could very well be. So uh, from, uh, sometimes even the summer games, um, I, I have to look up the numbers again. But my summer releases are most of the time, in the recent years, the best, fastest selling games. Not best selling because I'm selling out of a thousand copies, but the fastest selling uh, copies, uh, games. But of course, it could be that these are the strongest games. So it's very difficult to see a trend. But La Granja came out in July. Gantis came out in July. Immediate sellouts. Whereas at Essen, I'm, yeah, well, Solarius Mission sold out also in four weeks. Uh, but I'm not sure if this was because of Essen. Probably if it came out in November, it would have sold uh, also in four weeks. Or if it came out in July, most probably too. I don't want to definitively say one way or the other, but the appetite for these heavier games is growing. And it Absolutely. could be something as simple as doesn't matter when you put them out. Yeah. Our numbers, and by our numbers, I mean those of us that enjoy the heavier games, yourself included, were growing. Yeah. And so therefore doesn't matter what time when what time of year and it would i almost would this is me just thinking out loud i wonder if it would almost be a benefit to release it in an off season time because nothing else is getting released and so you have that that time you're not fighting a hundred other games that are coming out at essen and obviously it's more than a hundred but i'm saying that might interest that yes. that demographic or that that market yeah I, I agree and i think you're absolutely uh, right and especially because i do not have any marketing business uh, marketing budget and this means in the summer by word of mouth still some people at least know about the game before it's released at some time it can happen that nobody's talking about your game at all on the other hand of course if you do not have a new release at Essen, uh, people will uh, post on Facebook, will Twitter, the company's <laughs> dead. No matter uh, if you post it five minutes later and saying, no, I'm, I'm here, the game is coming out, it's out in the open. So you have to be really careful. So. Oh, I, and, and that goes across, the, welcome to social media in 2017, yes. right? All right, so Capstone Games and uh, to a lesser degree, Stronghold Games, 
have reprinted a number of Spielwerk's titles. Mm -hmm. And so obviously you have relationships with Mm -hmm. both Clay and Steven, uh, the heads of Capstone and and Stronghold, respectively. So is there any kind of, I don't know, handshake or soft agreement that you have with them specifically? Or is it just them coming to you first? Or or again, talking about that loyalty and, and whatnot, how does that work? Is it coincidence that they keep getting your titles? Yeah, again, um, most probably it's um, not too many U.S. companies are interested in, in my uh, games because nowadays um, they want a game right from the start, not a second print run, although the first print run is just a thousand copies. Right. But they still want original titles. Steven has a model, so Stronghold Games, that they often pick up uh, games from other companies and do them in English language, uh, in an English language edition. Uh, but I personally like Steven very much, so he's a great guy and I love to work with him. So, and he did an outstanding job with La Granja. He also did No Siesta, which was published by Blackfire. He did Kraftwagen, so I know he's very reliable. So that's great. And I knew Clay from from a Gen Con, I think 2015. He hadn't published a single game, but he approached me. And I was really curious because there are so many people trying to enter the hobby industry who have a little bit of money or maybe quite a bit of money but have no clue. And if I had um, thought after our nice talk that, wow, this is another one of these guys, uh, then I would have immediately said, no chance that you are doing this game. But he was very structured. Everything was fine, clear mind. So I said, why not? I knew how I started in, in the industry with moments in history with almost no help. And uh, so I, I said, well, why not give him this game? Because he was asking specifically for, for it. And I had the clear feeling that he will do a great job on this uh, on this game. And he's willing to take a risk because Arkwright had sold a thousand copies pretty fast. But still, is it good for a, pr- a bigger print run? Hmm? The other larger companies who had shown some interest said, no, it's it's won't happen. So, But Clay was determined. And I said, yeah, why not give him uh, that game? And then ever since, it's there's a obviously uh, Rushefort, uh, Colin Colony, and others. Yeah, but but um, this is um, yeah he uh, pro- probably saw these uh, games in the Spielworks catalog, but it's a little bit different because I did, did not have the rights for these games oh, anymore. So okay. this was All done right. directly okay. with the author with Thomas Spitzer. So, but but uh, Clay is a guy who really knows uh, what he wants to do. So it's very good focus and he saw Arkwright is doing well it's a gamer's game why not try uh, the other ones uh, yeah well I mean all he does is go back into our back catalog and, and reprint games that we like right yes and, <laughs> which is a good thing <laughs> um, so you mentioned ADC Blackfire so can you tell folks a little bit of the partnership and what role you play with that company and how all that ties together yeah, and uh, let me try to be as brief as possible. So ADC Blackfire is the largest uh, European magic distributor. Magic, so they, magic the Gathering, the, gathering the, the CCG, right? Yes, and it's uh, actually three companies. There's a Czech company, which is even older than the German company. There's a tiny Romanian company. 
But Blackfire is distributing stuff all over Europe, all over. Um, so I'm working for the German uh, Blackfire Entertainment, but it's very much a European distributor. Termed, we term ourselves a European and not a German distributor because we sell much more in English language than in German language. But Magic Cards in any possible language, Italian, Spanish, French, Czech, Polish cards are sold all over. Uh, Blackfire also sells other trading card games, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Pokemon, right, sure. Bushy Road stuff. Uh, it has lots of action figures, which is also very nice, and you can sell a ton of them. Um, but I started 2014. So it's interesting that all this talk that you're talking about ADC Blackfire, you haven't mentioned board games once. Everything yes. but board games. Yeah, right. Uh, because this is these are the origins of, of Blackfire. That's how they started. Although in the Czech Republic, they localize 35 board games a year. They are number one. So titles from Fantasy Flight games, some mass market small games, mm -hmm. but also Star Wars stuff or okay. Lord of the Rings right. in Czech uh, Republic, the LCG. That's what they are doing. And Blackfire Germany hired me in 2014 because they wanted to branch out a little bit from uh, collectible card games and action figures. So also start distributing board games, uh, non-collectible card games. So now we have about 600 different um, board and card games. That, mainly that's English a heck bank. of a jump from in Zero three years. To, yeah, it, and um, Blackfire Germany will move to larger places uh, late this year because uh, Duisburg is way too small, so we need more office space. There are 40 people working for Blackfire in, in uh, Germany. And uh, to, to larger areas, larger warehouse, of course, larger offices. And uh, also I'm doing the publishing part. So which means we brought Kraftwagen to the public. We have West of Africa, Kingsville. We have a couple of localized games, Star Realms. Uh, we will uh, localize Hero Realms from White Wizard games. Uh, we did Portal from uh, Cryptozoic. And uh, several more. So that's okay. why, what I'm doing. And, but I'm also trying to find exclusive partners. You know, uh, Feuerland, who are doing Terra Mystica in German language. So Blackfire is exclusive in distribution for the German editions of uh, Feuerland. Same thing with PD, who did Concordia. PD Verlag, right? Or, exactly. Yeah, yeah, oh, PD right. Verlag. Okay. Um, PD uh, uh, Verlag. Uh, so that's exclusive in distribution for... And we try to find more. It's also my job. All right. So from, the, from where I'm sitting, it sounds like, okay, so you basically find these games for both Spielworks mm -hmm. as well as ADC Blackfire. Right. So you're wearing both of these hats. How do you... what? Like, how do you decide who gets what then? Yeah, there, there is, of course, there is no hard border. There is no hard border. In, in the end, I have to decide. But the, the rule of thumb is that um, a, a Blackfire game is a Kennerspiel this year. So it's a little bit lighter than your typical uh, um, Spielworks game. But, of course, there are always some exceptions. It could be, if I think uh, there is... Um, a really very strong game that needs a broader distribution and it's above Kennerspiel. I would still 
most probably I would say, well, this has to be a Blackfire game because in, uh, immediately we can sell 5,000 and not 1,000 uh, of this. So, yeah, well, but there's no hard border. So, uh, That's, they, they obviously trust you to, to make yeah. your best judgment on that yeah. because that you, you even though there's no hard border, as you said, um, there's a, there definitely seems, in, in my experience, with the two companies, the the games that come out, there there definitely seems to be a clear delineation in weight between yeah. the two. Yeah, although I'm I'm saying that Kalimala, the Blackfire October release, could be a Spielworks game because it's mechanically strong. It has a historical topic, although not too strong, but it, there is some historical flavor in there. But I think personally, I think the game is so strong. It's really so strong um, that it needs a, as wide a distribution as possible. You never know. Again, the game is released in October. Maybe, maybe at Essen. Nobody's talking about the game, but I think it will be one of the hottest games at Essen. So it, for gamers, not for families, of course. Right. Uh, so that's why Blackfire has this okay. game. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. So going bigger picture now, uh, as a publisher, I mean, do you have any, let's say, opinions or thoughts on Asmodee in regards to the acquisitions that they've been doing over the last 18 to 24 months and the fear on this side as a gamer, uh, the fear of just homogenous uh, the, the hobby just becoming homogenized and, you know, one one flavor, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, First, um, I know lots of people at Asmodee, especially Asmodee Germany, but also Asmodee North America, some people in in, in France. And uh, generally, I like them a lot. So these are good people, good vision, no problem there. But if I step back one or at least a couple of meters, then in my opinion, but this is my personal opinion, I don't think that it's a healthy situation at all. Because Asmodee is, in again, in my opinion, not good for the creativity of the uh, whole uh, uh, industry. Of course, you can say, well, they have so many different publishing houses and each and every one has some certain character, some flavor. Yes, this is true. But Asmodee is not only controlling the publishing side to a large part, but also the distribution part. And this, in my opinion, cannot be good if one company is controlling publishing plus distribution because they can shut out other distributors. They uh, can shut out retailers if they want. If some retailer does not want to buy from this distributor, it does not get the products. So it's, it's, in my opinion, not good good at all and we're actually running into that here in the states that yes. you have to have a brick and mortar store to be able to sell asthma day etc etc well they modified this uh, actually um, again as an online store you can get uh asthma day north america titles again it's called i think map right it's a WP, yeah, uh, minimum uh advertised price the, uh, yeah. exactly um so it's Again, possible, most probably because they saw that they are not selling as much um, as before. Because this country, you know this way better than me, is so large and there isn't a brick-and-mortar store around each corner. So you have to rely even more than in Germany on on, brick, on, on online uh, right, stores. It's right, a reality. Yep. 
It's simply a reality. But um, in in Europe, it's even stronger than in the in the U.S. Almost a complete distribution, apart from Blackfire. Getting back to Blackfire for a second is controlled by Asmodee, and definitely from my personal perspective, not healthy. All right. So staying on that note, but uh, bringing it down more towards the designer side of things, are there is are there any trends within the hobby itself, uh, whether it's design trends or anything like that, that you're not super keen on or that you're maybe concerned is a bit of a strong word, but you get the idea that you're yeah. just like, yeah, not really, not really digging that. Yeah, well... Um First, what we see is um, with the experience of quite uh, a few gamers, there are we have lots of very experienced and good gamers nowadays out there for heavy games. So we are talking here about uh, the uh, gamers' games, and they expect certain things in a game, and it's only fair and understandable that some companies are trying to please these gamers. Sure, that goes without saying, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, right. But in my opinion, uh, a problem is uh, that some of these games are so much of a brain burner that for even if you love heavy uh, games, it's very difficult to enjoy them with this type of gamers at the table because it's so... You need to... Uh, with each and every action you're doing, you need to count up uh, you need to look into the future so hard so badly that it takes a lot of time the downtime is getting uh, worse in my opinion in a lot of games and second some games are so scripted these days and i do not mean scripted in a way that you can only go in one direction but in each each action demands that you are picking up victory points. They, In theory, they have f lots of freedom. But if you want to win this game, you have to follow certain strategies. And in each turn, you need to amass victory points. And this is, of course, the certain kind for some of these very experienced gamers. So, so it's uh, their type of games. But I think that in, in my opinion the journey is the most important thing and not picking up victory points and thinking about them too hard okay all right fair enough mm -hmm. and i i appreciate you being candid about that because i i mean obviously on the gamer side i i know what i like and i hear about from our listeners and viewers and everything but it's interesting to hear a fellow Get heavy gamer, but also publisher, um, maybe look at things from a different light and find different things that they enjoy about yeah. the games that we and, play. And it, it, it's really difficult to explain uh, for me. Um, so I love, I, um, one of my personal uh, favorite games is Here I Stand. There's 40 pages of rules. <laughs> uh, but still, it's, uh, it's a journey. It's a hell of a, of a ride in the game. You play a card, wow, poof, when something is happening in Europe. Something is happening. Uh, whereas some in some of the Euro-type games, the uh, heavy ones, you have only maybe 12 or 16 pages of rules. So you think, wow, here I stand. And of course, here I stand takes six hours to play. 
But here I stand is not as scripted, whereas in this these Eurotype games, well, it, it, it sometimes, of course, I'm generalizing. Sure, here. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, some of them, it, it's hard to play with some gamers because for each turn they need five minutes. And if they do not spend five minutes, then they won't win. So it's mandatory, basically, in order to win, to spend so much time. So you're saying that they're, and correct me if I'm wrong, that games are inducing ap it's not that the players are developing yes. ap it's just that the games are causing the players to do this absolutely if you want to in, in some cases obviously in some yeah, cases yeah, yeah, yeah. always generalizations uh, what we are uh, having here but yes uh, that's uh, what they are doing because lots of the designers are also so experienced and they are not dummies they know what a certain core target group of their games wants and they want each and every year they want more. They want more and more and more and more. And um, if as long as the games are selling, of course, why change? But from a design standpoint, I think this is definitely not good. But who am I? So so we, I don't know anything. It's just just my personal. No, thing. no, and I yeah, I don't expect you to speak for the whole hobby. But no, and I, I appreciate that. So on that note, since game, some mm -hmm. of these Euros are getting more and more opaque, mm -hmm. might be a good way to put it, what do you think is, is the best way? Because you see later uh, games on the ADC mm -hmm. side, right? The Blackfire side. What do you think is the best way to introduce new players to these heavier games, to a Spielworks game, for instance? How, how do you bring in new players? Uh, first, uh, to be frank, uh, I don't see it as my mission to bring in new gamers. Not at all. So um, I see in Germany as a trend, uh, maybe it's over here as well, bring in more gamers, bring in more gamers. Uh, so it's good for the hobby, it's good for the industry. Yes, of course. If there are 10 times more gamers in this uh, industry, everybody is healthier. You have more gaming partners, uh, uh, all of this. But in my opinion, uh, most of these um, attempts are a failure. You either are a gamer or you aren't. And of course, I won't introduce you with, uh, with Here I Stand, for example, unless you're already deeply in history. I started my gaming with war games. And, I, um, and th these were my, after Monopoly, after Risk, the, my, the games as a kid with my parents, I immediately moved to war games. And I know some other gamers who also start with them. If you really want this, you're a gamer. And let's face this, for 95% of the population, tabletop gaming, board gaming, card gaming is nothing. It, it's simply not nothing that they will enjoy. Sitting there with some people and uh, um, looking at a game board, talking to the other players and make somewhat intelligent decisions and, and maybe reading a rules booklet before that is two pages long, way too long for too many. And the attention span, it's not there. And my mission, it, I don't want to bring gamers into the hobby. If I'm able to do this, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not turning anybody sure, away. Sure, right, I understand. I'm, I, right. I'm glad if somebody says, well, this is my first game. I played a Kraftwagen. It's, I thought it's, I'm, I'm into uh, the history of cars. So when I played it, then I looked at the rules. Oh, it looks so complex. And we played it. We're having a great time. I'm, I said, well, yeah, great. 
But pff, no, I don't want to educate somebody or tell them you have to play board games. No, they, they can. Maybe it's healthier to stay outside and, and uh, bike or do uh, some other. Go sport. hiking or something. Some, yeah, maybe it's, it's way better. You actually brought up one of the things that is has become one of my biggest pet peeves in this hobby is the quote unquote gateway game. Mm -hmm. I feel like that does as much damage to gamers as it does help yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if this is whatever. My thinking is if somebody is interested in history already, mm -hmm. why would you start them on a Splendor yeah. or on something like why not? Why you? I feel like you're almost talking down to their capacity to be able to handle these bigger games and these heavier games. And so the idea of a gateway game kind of offends me because we started out with Dominant Species and, Ark and uh, uh, Arkham Horror. Mm -hmm. I don't find myself feeling exceptionally smart mm -hmm. or smarter than the average bear. But there's no, whereas had I started on something like, I use Splendor a lot mm -hmm. as, as my go-to, but um, I'm trying to think of uh, Camelot mm -hmm. would be, uh, I, I would have no interest in this. And so I feel like that kind of potentially can turn people off these gateway games with them not knowing that, oh, there's this wonderful world of medium and heavy games that intellectually would stimulate them more that's not to dis, uh, to demean no, or no. or play what you dig no. i but the thing is is some of these quote-unquote gateway gamers crave bigger games than what these gateway games are and so i totally agree with you that when people ask us how ask us the same question i'm like i'll be honest we don't interact with a whole lot of people that aren't in the hobby that want to become in the hobby because that's not where they usually don't go straight from no games to Arkwright. No, normally not, of course. Uh, but um, there are so many games. Um, it's a golden age of, of gaming and you don't have to start with a simple game. If you feel like I can handle somewhat more, it's also very important if you want to learn everything yourself, it's possible, but it's way harder, of course, if you already are entering um, a gaming club. But of course, uh, attending a meeting of a gaming club also shows that you have a large interest in gaming. Otherwise, you would say, no, right, these right, right. may be weird people and <laughs> I'm not doing this. So it already shows uh, you have some interest. And if I would run a gaming club and somebody, a total stranger who says, well, uh, this sounded so interesting. And uh, I would show him the, the library and tell him, so what are you interested in? Even if it's a very, uh, in my opinion, a very complex game, I would say, we can try it if you want, want and then see if it's your enjoyment. But pointing into different direction, it's it's uh, very difficult, very difficult. Yep, I agree. I mean, I, I have a couple of poker buddies that we tried Little Devils, a uh, little trick-taking mm -hmm. game, and they were like, eh. We played Lahav. They loved it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there you go. All right. So a couple of things specific to Spielworks now. All right. So two things that I have to ask because one, I'm curious, and two, I I feel like I have an obligation to mm -hmm. our listeners and everything. So first and foremost, um, you were in our 
uh, review of Solarius mission. You were very receptive to our criticism of mm-hmm. the rule book in it and everything. How, what's the process of writing and editing the rule books and has that changed or is there a pathway? Yeah. Um, because obviously with uh, Gentis, things are remarkably clearer. So there's definite improvement yes. here. I mean, every we all learn. So, yeah, uh, you are absolutely right. So, so basically, we screwed up um, on Solarius mission in this regard. So the rule book is way harder than it should be. Could be much easier. Uh, one step back here for a second. Of course, nobody. I'm, I'm um, maybe with some exceptions like Fantasy Flight because they have so many in-house people. I think this is another smart move of Asmodee North America Fantasy Flight that they are have hired people. So last count, and this is two years old. And you're I think. saying outsourcing the, this type of thing, but it, it's in-house, but having it's, specific people yeah, for their but, rule but, books. Um, yeah, not for only for rules booklet, for the whole development. I think when I last counted, uh, 2015, the Fantasy Flight had 70 people there. And so it's very easy to spend the necessary amount of time because you don't have to rely on freelancers that may have time or may not have time. And um, personally, I do not trust most people who are saying that they can work on, on a game because I'm doing this for more than 20 years and from... 10 people who are saying, well, I can uh, do a good job on this, 9 cannot, although they, these are experienced gamers. So, But even Ravensburger, Hans im Glück, larger companies than Spielworks by far, they do not have enough time to spend on a product. They, it's simply, um, you, there are rough edges, but this is not an excuse for this. But first, we do not have enough time. You could always say, well, do the game two months later. That's what we now try to do. So Gantis, we spend more time on it. And I think it's a marked improvement in uh, components quality, Not no tiny discs anymore. <laughs> and you can, if you, if you s- uh, sneeze, they are gone. <laughs> or if you breath too heavily, they, they are in your nose. So, so it's difficult. Uh. Um, uh, Gantis is not perfect in rules book quality, English language. So, But we are a lot better than in Solarius mission. And I think uh, in the next couple of gaming projects, improvements will be even stronger. So we are moving in in this direction. Uh, After Solarius mission was out, I talked with the manufacturer. I talked with Henning about this. More clear responsibilities as I touched a little bit upon us. I'm doing only the broad view, not in all nitty-gritty details here. Henning is mainly doing uh, this uh, these days. Manufacturer is taking some extra eyes on all the uh, products. Is this really what it can be, should be? Are they really want these tiny discs? Is, can this be true? So I think uh, we are on a good track, but I'm also not saying that in the future some now may be really frightened that there are not some problems uh, like in Solarius missions. Hopefully not with rules, because this is very difficult. Of course, there are living rules and all this. This can right, be right, right. can be changed, but um, yeah, it could be that there is something with components which we simply overlooked. Sure. And, and but then I can replace it. I can bring in replacements, and we are sending them out. Right. And so, and that's exactly what happened with Solarius mission, correct? The yes. little tiny disc that you're talking about. It was just an oversight. 
Yes, uh, it was an oversight. Actually, again, we f***ed up. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, be, because at first we, we ordered uh, the, um, the wrong size, so the small ones. Uh, we got back from the manufacturer, great manufacturer, by the way. Uh, they um, responded and they quoted these small discs. And we said, now, this is too small. We caught the error, uh, mailed it back. But then uh, again back, this was a mistake by the manufacturer. We got again the tiny disc quoted and we did not look hard enough. So we signed it, proved it. Yes, everything's fine. That's what it is. So we got the tiny disc because we asked for them. <laughs> so we, we caught the error in, uh, before that. But of course, Not it's our mistake. Yep. It's our mistake. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. All right. So as far as the the one thing, and, and you agree with me on this regarding rule books, that the most important thing is to be able to have a good first impression with the players. Because if the rule book is difficult, then that turns players off from mm -hmm. the game and puts things off on the bag uh, on yes. the wrong foot. So it's good to hear that things are uh, trending in the right yes. direction and you're working to improve on those. And yeah. I mean, we, anybody, I, God knows you could go back and listen to our early episodes and hear how terrible the audio sounds. Um, so I understand in ever improving, you know, you, you try and get better and yeah. learn from your mistakes, learn from things that didn't work before. And so I'm willing to give uh, the benefit of the doubt. So that's encouraging to hear that things are definitely trending. Hopefully, that way. yes, uh, they, they should be trending in this direction. Um, and this is uh, no excuse at all what I'm now saying. But also I'm under the impression, and again, this is not meant to be on, on Solarius mission, where the rules booklet, the English language one is simply bad. The original one, but some gamers are way too fast with rules questions. Yes. If you oh. see some uh, pretty simple games, very popular games, where the rule book, <laughs> where the rules booklet, in my opinion, after, when I've played the game, I, uh, and I had hardly any rules question. And you see, there are 500 different rules questions on BGG. I, How is this possible? I harped on people uh, about Lisboa. Okay. That it's brand new. And I think the rule book is a fantastic rule book. I went on to BGG and there were something like 70, 50 something, 70 something questions. And I just randomly opened up a dozen of them. And I'm like, it's there in the rule book. It's there in the rule book. And so, yes, I agree with you that us as players need to have take the responsibility to do a good job of, you know what? Let me double check and see if it's actually in here. Nope, it's in the it should be right here. It doesn't make sense. Okay, then I'll go ask. But a lot of times that isn't happening and that's a yeah. shame and that's that's on us as gamers, not necessarily y'all on publishers. Right. And again, this has nothing to do with Solarius mission. Sure, I just big picture. With, yeah, I yeah. I saw this with other games. Maybe it's also just the excitement of players. They have read the rules, they are excited about playing the games, and they do not see one or two answers, so they are so excited. Ah, oh, I want to share my experience <laughs> on, on BGG. Maybe, maybe reflect a little bit. I 100%, on this. again, this goes back to welcome, welcome to 2017, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think players can do a better job of that, which then Corrective criticism is welcome. I mean, any any anybody uh, worth their salt welcomes that kind of thing. But when it's when it's pretty obvious in a rule book, 
take a second and look. I 100% agree with that. All right. Any interest in picking up older games and reprinting? I, I mean, you haven't. Uh, it, well, eh. I will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Uh, next year, uh, we have Ground Floor, the second edition by David Shaw. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So and we reviewed that two and a half, three years ago, I think, on the show. Yeah, there are some market improvements on there. So the game is faster. It was too slow, especially with a full set of games. Yeah, with five players. Yeah, uh, or six players. Even six. six yes. We account. We are moving it back to a maximum of five players, going back from nine to seven turns. But we are also adding uh, some other stuff. So there is now a stock exchange as an additional uh, place to to put your your employees or to to spend your money. Uh, on um, so there will be some reprints it's not so norm that we are looking also into some other games for the future cool um, again it has to ha be a game where I'm interested in because ground floor I said earlier captains of the gulf could be a new colon colony again mechanically different worlds have nothing sure. in common but because they are so specific and ground floor could be a new orc ride. Again, mechanically, nothing in common. But ground floor is also, it, it, in, in my mind, a movie is, is running. So how this is how it could be done. I'm doing this and I'm doing this and my company is growing. I'm building this up from the ground floor. There, it's thematically, it's very strong, a very, very strong game. And on top of that, although my main market is not necessarily in Germany, this game hasn't been uh, done in German language. And Spielworks will have a German and English language edition. Okay, cool. All right, good. I'm excited to see what else comes down the road. Uh, so, yeah, very cool. All right, so a couple more and then we'll we'll uh, close everything up. So I know you're heading straight to Gen Con after you mm -hmm. leave HCHQ like mm -hmm. I'm leaving here in about 2 hours mm -hmm. and you're leaving in the morning. Uh is there anything that you'd like to do or see or experience or anything like that while you're here? And by here I mean both whether it be Denver area or whether it here in the states that maybe you don't have time for but you would like to? Uh, yeah, definitely here in Denver. I want to come back because it's a beautiful uh, landscape uh, over here, and I want to do some hiking because be I enjoy awesome. this. And I know that you are doing some hiking, yep. so we could uh, do this uh, together. That would be really uh, great. Indianapolis, uh, it's not my favorite city. It's not a really bad city, but I. Do not know too much about it apart from the convention center and the hotels, surrounding hotels. United States, um, yeah, it's one of the most beautiful countries. It's really, if you look at California and then if you look at uh, the New Jersey, New England uh, part, it's, it's really beautiful and so diverse. But for me, it's always difficult a long distance travel. I'm, I'm not a good traveler and sitting in economy class <laughs> in a plane. <laughs> Nobody so, likes uh, that. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's hard. So and I do not have that much of a time. So I have to juggle it a little bit. But hopefully I can make it also not only to hiking in Denver, but to Heavycon. That, well, that, that was my next question. So 2018, <laughs> that would be awesome to have you yeah. there. That it's would be planned. really cool. It's planned. Good. All right. All right, so the last thing before I let you get out of here is I every time I do one of these conversations with Heavy Cardboard, 
I ask all my guests uh, the same six questions that are thoughtful, but hopefully a little bit lighter and fun, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully make you think as well. So uh, just answer off the top of your head the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? <laughs> Too tough a question at that time. So, uh, so, so how old I, do you I feel? Think, how old I, do you I feel? I think definitely younger. Definitely younger. But it really depends. In the morning, sometimes I'm 70. <laughs> I, I think I'm 70. And then I see some kids playing soccer outside. I, and I think, well, they are really bad. I can, I, I'm better uh, than they. They are in their early 20s. So, so, and of course, I have no chance to compete. So it really depends on my mood. Okay. So, All right. Fair enough. Um, if you could master one skill that you do not have right now, what would it be? An artistic uh, skill, uh, for sure. If it's in, in uh, writing, if it's in music, I would appreciate this. In painting, something like this. So I'm, I'm very much not an artist at all. So uh, it, no real, nothing, nothing in literature as well. Nothing in music. So th- this I really rega- regret. Okay. All right. If you could have dinner and conversation with any one person in history, who would it be? First one that comes to mind. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. Okay, why? Why, why him? Uh, yeah, if, because in my opinion, he's uh, a fascinating character. Of course, he tried to uh, be the be a conqueror of almost all of uh, Europe. And right. he didn't care too much about... Uh, killing hundreds of thousands, or not only of Frenchmen, but of others. But on the other hand, his uh, legislative measures are really so much ahead of their time. He brought so much freedom in this regard to uh, parts of uh, Europe. And on this uh, Code Napoleon, so still 50 years later, it was progressive. And he pushed away all uh, lots of these old style um, royal houses of course in 1815 they were reintroduced uh, so but this in my opinion he is a very fascinating character i'm not fascinated i'm saying he's a great person who is responsible for so many deaths of people cannot be, in my opinion, a great guy. But I would like to have dinner with him and ask him some questions about all this. That's a great answer. Very cool. What are three things that you want more of right now? Could be time, could be money, could be something physical. It could be a characteristic, an idea, anything. What Three things. Uh, time. Of course. Uh, then being, uh, no, no, at least for one soccer season, be at the top of my quality from that time. And actually, I would give a lot of money if there would be a wizard telling me, oh, well, I have some cash problems. Uh, please give me that amount of money. But for that, you are able to play at the top of your form. I'm not saying like a Ronaldo or like a professional player. Just one season, um, one soccer season at that top level being. I would give a lot for that. A lot for that. It's not only playing the game, but the camaraderie with, uh, with the players. Totally exhausted after a soccer game, sitting there after a training session, after a match. That is 
really something special if you have uh, ever experienced this. Third thing, because my answer was already so long, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> second thing was too long. This, no, the second one was great. That's I've never heard anyone take it in that direction. Um, That's yeah, cool. So, so, so uh, but actually what I said first, time is more important. So, so time is the most important uh, thing that I'm missing. Yeah, I think we all yeah. could probably do uh, do with more time what do you appreciate most in your friends uh several different things but most if it's just one thing that uh, they will help me that they will help me if i need it okay but of course several other things oh of course yeah 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 okay uh last question and i think you already kind of answered this but what is your absolute dream job <laughs> most difficultly you are thinking about soccer uh, maybe it could be a soccer player or a soccer coach but I was soccer coach and only at uh, amateur level and this exhausted me <laughs> so most probably I would stay away from this maybe I'm saying I would be in the management and I would run I would like to run for a season in, in the as a manager Schalke 04 so and, and most probably after that, Schalke is no longer. So I, ma <laughs> I managed to run them in the, into the ground. But yeah, if it's one single job, I, I would love to to try it. Yeah. Although um, although I'm not good enough because I never played hockey. But as a hockey coach, you have so much more influence on during the game. And uh, so, it, in, in my opinion, it's more a, a coach's dream to be in in. Okay, but I do not know enough about, okay. about the sport. Awesome. That's all I got. That's it. That's that's a wrap. So, Uli, Uli thank you so, so much for both coming here and, and, and visiting, which is pretty, pretty special and pretty exciting for us, I'll be honest, uh, but also for sitting down and doing this today and taking the time. This has been, uh, this has been enlightening, very much so. Yeah, well, um, it's all my pleasure. Really, I enjoyed the day. I enjoyed uh, Gentis. I enjoyed this one. Hopefully, my uh, answers made it at least a little bit of sense. Uh, I, I it, totally. It's, it's it's very difficult to talk about um, somewhat theoretical things like design um, in so broad strokes. So it's very difficult. And especially because um, I missed this earlier, so maybe you allow me in one more uh, oh, sentence yeah, sure. on this. Games, in my opinion, need a soul. They need to breath. And uh, some of the modern-day designers forget this. So uh, a game can be mechanically really strong, but it can have no soul. That it, it Everything is working, but you are looking at the game after you finish it, and I say, wow, that's seem to be great seem to be interesting everything is working perfectly but do do we want to play this game again no because sometimes the rough edges like in a diamond so it may be something so where you could say after the game but your one strategy is maybe a little bit stronger but it's so much it's still in there because it's so interesting uh, to have it in there. So, so yeah. It's funny. You, I, I'm, I'm sitting here laughing, listening to this and just shaking my head because I have said these exact words that there is such a thing as a too polished, too smooth game. Absolutely. It loses it its soul. It loses its character. And it's just, eh. 
Yeah, right, absolutely. And and you have to know this. It's games is not in my opinion, of course, a um, large majority of the especially lighter gamers are disagreeing. It a game needs a soul, needs something that sets it apart, even if it's mechanically absolutely smooth and, and absolutely uh, sound. It's not good enough to be a heavy game at least. Yep. I that sums it up really well. So, Uli, thank you very, very much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody both watching and yes. listening. Uh, thanks to our patrons. Uh, check it out, patreon.com forward slash heavy cardboard. If you would like to support the show and in, uh, if you want to encourage more of this. So thank you, everybody. And on behalf of myself and Amanda, thank you, Uli, for uh, just making a really wonderful last 36 hours. So thank you. So my pleasure again. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm.